before we can even start to be intimate with Father. We need to learn how to hear His voice. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes by and hearing through the word of Christ. John 8, 43 says, Why is my language, is Jesus speaking, it's read in your Bible. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. John 8, 47 says, Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is because you do not belong to God. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler and together with my wife, children and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. Welcome. Isn't it a privilege? Isn't it just amazing to be in uh, the house of the Lord? For those of you that don't know me, my name is Harvey De Lange. My name is Gabriel Johannes De Lange. God loved me so much, He gave me two names. And um, first and foremost, I'm a son of the Most High God. I'm a prince in his kingdom. And I'm married to a wonderful lady called Jackie. And we've got two children, 15 and 13, two sons. And uh, we're so amazing that we created new life. So one of these days, we've got a new baby on its way. Can't wait. I only needed one night. For those of you that was at her 40th birthday, I'm 46, I'm worried. But anyway, with God we can do all things. Two of my friends here today said to me, Harvey, you look worried. Are you okay? And let me tell you this. When I prepared for today, Heinz sent me a few things. He said, I think you should speak on that. You know, Heinz is quite subtle. He says, no, 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 can you maybe... Maybe, really, speak about this. And I said, okay, Heinz, we'll listen. And we sat. And then God gave me to something totally different. And I said, God, okay, what else do you have? <laughs> I want to speak about this. It's always the same ritual in our house. I stop preparing. And a week before, I say, no, babe, babe, I don't know. This is not right. I, I, I need something else. And God said, no, no, no. I want you to speak to my to my. They need to hear this. They need to hear this. And then in two days beforehand, I start going into a panic and I say, God, I feel like Jonah. I want to go on a ship. I want to go away because I don't want to speak on this. And God says, my people need to hear this. So I want to tell you today that even when I prepared, it wasn't easy for me to hear this word. And maybe you will see as we get into this word that it's maybe a bit difficult for you as well. And maybe it's a bit close to where you are at in your life. But... I'm going to tell you that in the beginning it might be a bit difficult, but as we get to the end, I'll give you some amazing pointers out of the Word that God gave me to say, Harvey, if that is how you feel, 
this is the way that you get out of it. Will that help anyone today? How do you know? You don't even know what I'm speaking about. You know the topic. Knowing God intimately. Knowing God intimately. Such an important thing. Now, let me first put out a disclaimer. This sermon is not for your wife. This sermon is not for your husband. This sermon is not for your, for your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your son, your daughter, your neighbor. This sermon is for you. So what you hear today, I need you to take it to heart. I need you to listen to it and I need you to, to make this your own. I, it's, it's really my prayer that this will change your life. That it's something that you will hear and it will take it's all sartwat, it's all skit in your heart. And that is so important. So do not, if I see any of the wives bumping their husbands or husbands bumping their wives, I'm going to call you out. <laughs> For you that missed it, it's a new year. <laughs> We're in 2023, okay? Not 2022 anymore. But having conversations with some of my friends and um, none in this church. Um, and... And having a few conversations with a broader group of people, and also some that came to me in 2023 and said, listen, 2022 was really bad. I, there was a theme that I could see. And, and the thing is, when you start speaking about that, there was a lot of things that was thrown around to say, I hope 2023 is going to be better. Who had an amazing 2022? Okay. Who had... Not a lack of 2022. Okay. All of those that put your hand up the first time, I want to pray for you. <laughs> I spoke to a lot of people and it was a tough year. And I think it was a ripple effect of a few years of being tough. And it was tough spiritually, mentally, and also in business. And I, and I hear these things to say, listen, in this year, I just hope that business is a little bit better. I just hope that maybe my marriage is a little bit better. I just hope that I am not as exhausted when it comes to the, it comes to the end of the year. I hope that there's a little bit of breakthrough in this area of my life. Uh, and these are the conversations that I had with a lot of people that we picked up. There were some people that said, ah, you know what, I look at my life and I thought that on this age, and whatever that age may be, I thought that I would be a little bit more, there would be more significance in my life. I, I, I would have thought that maybe I would have done something more with my life up to now. I, and, and, and you can hear all these conversations creeping in. But the thread of this conversation was that there was basically a lack of peace in 2022. There was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of negativity. So I'm sure that you also had these conversations and that is what you would have sought. Actually, sometimes I spoke to a few people and they said, even when I got what I wanted... I still felt a little bit empty. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if that's you, but I know there's a few people sitting here, and you might say, yeah, I did. I felt empty. There was even some guys that says, Harvey, surely there's more to life than this. And these are my brothers and my sisters in Christ. And when we hear these things, we need to sit up and say, hey, what's going on? Listen to this in Psalm 88, 
13, 14. It says, and the psalmist is right, and we believe it was David. But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? And when I started speaking to people, I realized that is exactly how they felt. Now, David was a, was a, was a man close to God's heart. We all know that. And he even felt that way. A lack of intimacy with the Father. And that is why I want to speak today about intimacy. Is that okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that we can hear your word. Father, as I speak, I pray that whatever isn't from you, that it will not come out of my mouth. But Father, whatever I preach, that that will be from you, from your storeroom to your people, that it will change hearts, Father God, that it will enrich lives. But Father, that it will draw us into intimacy with you, Father God. That is my prayer today in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Okay. Before we start, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. The lack of intimacy with Father isn't because of problem on His side. Do you agree? The Bible says that when He looks at us, he knew us even from our mother's womb. He says that I know how many hair is on your head. Now, it's easier to count uh, for some people. I won't mention names, Carl. But <laughs> he says that I know you so intimately that I know even who your is so the intimacy problem doesn't lie with him. Can we just agree? I mean, if we want to talk about intimacy with Christ, we just must make sure that we know where the problem lies. Because it's very easy in today's life to say, no, 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 it doesn't lie with me. It, the problem lies with you. No, 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 the, the, the problem is not me. No, 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 it's that. And we've got all these excuses because we don't want to deal with the actual issue. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Last year wasn't great for me. Last year wasn't my greatest year. I will not put a block in my house and say, 2022, yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a great year. It wasn't a bad year. It wasn't a great year. I came to the end of the year, and I felt actually quite depleted. Can I tell you a story quickly on how I realized I was depleted? We had the wonderful privilege as a family to to go um, somewhere for, for the holidays, and it was abroad. So we had to take three, um, we had to go to three airports. And at the second airport, um, my, our sons was with us, 15 and 13, and they had that age where they want to see who is the second alpha in the house, because they know I am the alpha, okay? In our house, we know that. Don't ask me how, but they know. Anyway, so... Wherever we go, they were punching each other on the shoulder. For no reason. Just punching. That's good. And then one would cry and the other one would say, and when will they do this? They will do this as we enter into the security lounge. Okay? We're in a foreign country. For those of you that have not yet gone into a foreign country, there's this, there's this machine where you put your hands like that above your head. 
and then a thing spins around you and it checks you for residue and it takes a picture and it checks if you don't have any bombs with you or whatever. And as the youngest does that, I'm just saying there's a whole set of security people, he punches his brother in the ribs. <laughs> and I can feel. And I go, manna, I said, believe. was a security we go through, we get to the next set, and as we are there, he gives his brother a hook on his bean, and he falls right there. I don't know if I can believe, but I can feel, okay, you help me. <laughs> and then we get through, as we get through security, my, my youngest goes, what does that fellow say, booty at the bomb? Don't say, you have drugs! Here is that what the crowd gemaakt This Jackie's is cold. And before I know it, I grabbed my oldest on his shirt and I pushed him against the wall and I said, there's no gonna. And I realized in that moment that I have reached a point where I am totally empty and depleted that I couldn't even draw from the strength within to say no and keep the fruit of the Spirit alive. And that moment made me realize that I need to look at my life. I need to go sit still and say, what depleted me? What is it that brought me to a point where spiritually I felt almost empty? And I want to ask you to do the same if you haven't done that yet. You need to go sit and say, let me look at 2022. And let me look at 2023. What can I do better? What does it look like? And what do I do have to do um, physically, mentally, etc., etc.? So a lot of the guys in the in the in the church has now said, no, no, no. Physically, we have to do something, and all joined F45. They said, how do you know you do F45? You wear the hat, so you can just see all Drikus's children wears the hats with it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And we had to do that, and I had to look at myself. And, and I said to God, while I was doing this, but God, I'm also looking at my friends. Why is it that it feels that they're greatly under attack in this moment? And guys, I actually wish I never asked the question. Because the answer wasn't so great. Are you ready for this? actually wrote here and I bold it because it was something that also made me realize that I had to look at this was there were so many suicides and suicide attempts around us I think there was a, a kid of 10 years old that hanged himself and, and his parents were Christians and there was people that lost their businesses and they were down and out and said I don't know if and I looked at all of this and I said God what is going on and this is what God said he says my children say that they know me, but they don't. They say they know me intimately, but spiritually, their ears and their eyes is dead. I said, God, can't be. They're Christian. Listen to this. Titus 1, 15, 16 says, 
to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and conscience are corrupted. They claim to know God, but their actions deny Him. Is he speaking about the world, Johan? Roger, is he speaking about the church? Don't judge me. Sorry, Nohan um, Heinz emails. <laughs> they claim to know me, but their actions deny me. It's a word, Titus. I went to a, a golf day, and um, I was sitting in the one side of the of the uh, um, of the golf club, and in front there was a, there was actually a divide, and on this side there was just a normal golf day going, and on that side there was a Christian golf day. And as I was sitting here with my mother-in-law, and we were chatting, and I was sitting at a table, I was looking at this golf day. Christians on the one side, non-Christians on the other side. I could not see the difference between the Christians and the non-Christians. They claim to know me, but by their actions, I don't see me in them. And I realize there's something that we need to do. We, we take trips. We're very lucky to take trips to blessed, not lucky, place to take trips to Turkey, and one of the places is Laodicea. Now, you might know the church of Laodicea. Jesus speaks to them, and he says, Was jylle maar koud, of was jylle maar warm, maar nou is jylle low. Dus ek moet blij is, my fan is nie low nie. <laughs> Dad joke, sorry. He says, If you just were the hot water, that that heals the body, or the, or the cold water from the mountain that refreshes the soul. But you neither, you are the lukewarm water. And what does he say? When you that, and I smell you or I taste you, I will, no, I will vomit you out of my mouth. You see, we've changed it because the narrative is better when we say, no. I will vomit you out of my mouth. And I go, God, and this is Jesus speaking to the church, which is also us, New Testament. And I go, what can it be that when, some, when you digest it, your stomach goes, uh, and I vomit you out? What is it? And he said, it's because my people do not know me intimately. So, when I looked at that, Obviously, we can hear from that. We need to know him intimately. Do you all agree? Okay. Is it baie warm? Is daar a track wat deur gaan? Is jy okay? Okay, well, a paar ouwens wat gaap, en ek weet nie, is, is daar, ek, ek, ek hoop as jy het. So, in my preparation, now, I know these guys, say, oh, I don't like it when people say four, um, these four words of this and five steps. I do that so that you remember it, okay? So, so God gave me four 
things. And then I connected it to four Ds, okay, so that you can remember it. And I'm going to speak about detecting his voice, devoting yourself to him, defending your peace. And then I wanted to make a stupid joke joke and say connect to divine, but I'm not going to do that because Jackie said you're not going to get it. So dedicate your time, okay. So those are the four things we're going to speak about. Hour and a half, and we're out. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Detecting his voice. Before we can be intimate with Father, we have to first learn how to hear his voice. Before we can even start to be intimate with Father, we need to learn how to hear his voice. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes by? And hearing through the word of Christ. John 8, 43 says, Why is my language, is Jesus speaking, it's read in your Bible. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. John 8, 47 says, whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is because you do not belong to God. Revelation 3, 20 says, here I am. I stand at the door. Who's speaking? Again, not a lack on his side. He's standing at the door, Francois, and he's knocking. He's there. Revelation 3.20, here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. Isn't that quite intimate? If you hear my voice and you open the door, I will have intimacy with you. I will come into your house and eat with you. What is the prerequisite for that? It's a mooie woord daarna vir Afrikaans, prerequisite. Ek weet nie om te spel nie, want het is rooi hier so. Anyway, the prerequisite is to hear his voice, open the door and let him come in. We need to start learning on how to hear his voice, otherwise there's no intimacy. John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my and then they follow me. Jeremiah 33.3 says, call to me and I will answer you. And when, I, when you've called to me and I answer you and you hear me, what will happen? I will tell you great and unsearchable things you did not know. Do you know what to do in your life? Do you know how to run your business? Do you, know, do you want to know how to um, um, solve a problem? Do you, know, do you want to know? You know how? Open your ears. Because when you do that, something happens. When I met Jackie, we spoke for hours when I went to her house. She stayed in a flat in, in uh, Cape Town. And I would drive through and we'll chat for hours. And then when I leave, she would phone me. <laughs> okay? And then she'll go, and I say, yeah, must go, did I leave something? And she goes, no, no, no. I just want to hear your voice. I just want to speak to you. How are you doing? I said, babe, I, I was just there. I mean, I'm driving on my way back to the Boerewoordsgordijn. You stamped my passport so that I can visit the English. I'm there. Dude, I'm on my way back. Everything fine. No, no, no. I just want to hear your voice. And then she starts asking me questions. My wife's a journalist. So she just wants to know. What's, 
And that is how we grew in intimacy, is her asking questions, me hearing her, and, and we're having this conversation. We need to start having those conversations with God. When we learn how to hear His voice, then we can steer our lives to Him and away from our problems. You see, He speaks to us. He tells us what to do, Zelda. He speaks to us. But we need to tune in so that we can hear what He says. Can I tell you a story in the Bible, Roger, that tells it? Is that okay? Okay. So, thank you, Roger. <clears throat> Roger is my ginger ninja friend here. Love him to it. My best mate. 1 Samuel 3. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare. One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord. Now there's many preachers in there but I can't stand still there. Where the ark of God was then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am and he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. And he went down. Again the Lord said, Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. And he said, my son I did not call you. Go back. Listen to verse 7. 1 Samuel 3 verse 7. Listen to this. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called. Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Then Eli realized what was, that it was the Lord calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he lay down in the place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And he heard God's voice. Listen to this. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. God didn't hide himself from me. He was there. Again, we see problem not lying with God, the problem lying with with, God. Sorry, the evangelists, they throw it like that. So I want to... Okay, now Samuel did... It says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. You see, Samuel worked in the church. How is it possible? It says that, if you read in verse 17, it says, but Samuel um, opened the doors of the church. He baked the bread in the church. He was busy with the... Um, iPad in the church, making sure the sound was correct. He was doing the slides. He was playing the keyboard. He was opening the doors at the back. He was outside making sure that the people get water. He was packing out the chairs. Samuel was busy in the church. It actually says, if you read in almost fell, yeah? He says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. He was ministering. But yet, he didn't hear the voice of God. Listen, guys. There is a massive difference between the rituals of religion and a true intimate relationship with God. Let me say that again. There is a massive difference between the rituals of religion and a true intimate relationship with God. The rituals of religion did not qualify him to hear the voice of God or to know him more intimately. He needed an encounter with God so that he can hear his voice, so that God can speak to him, so he can move into where he's supposed to be. 
we need to come to a place where we detect the voice of the Lord. And let me just say this to you. When God spoke to him, he didn't say, Samuel, oh, Samuel, um, how are you? No. The first time that he said, God, I'm here. And he heard him. I need you to see this. The first time that God spoke to him, he said, I'm going to tell you something. And when you tell the nation, the ears is going to tingle. God doesn't gossip. He doesn't come to say, uh, you see, but Samuel didn't listen to his friends. He didn't go gossiping. He didn't go speak to all the people and say, oh, what do you know? What do you? No, he opened his ears to God. And when God speaks to you, he will give something in your heart that when you speak to the nation, the ears will tingle and things will change. It is important that we start hearing the voice of God. You know what? I want to say, let's stop pretending so that we can fit in to say, but I hear the voice of God. If you do not hear the voice of God, come out so that we can pray for you, so that your ears can open, so that your family can change, so that your business can change, so that you can change. Because we're not here for ourselves. We are here for the kingdom. And if you do not hear, you cannot be steered to where God wants you to be. Get planted in a church like this, where we make a difference in society. But hear from God. God, I want to hear all the verborgen dinge van die Bible. I want you to, if you want to hear, if you want to hear the unsearchable, if you want to hear unsearchable, just not even Google, you can't even Google it because Google doesn't know it. That's unsearchable. Does it make sense? Google hasn't even known. Because if you want to know that, hear my voice. And I will tell you the things that they don't even know. You guys are sitting do you need to eat some Come on, man. To move closer to him, it is important. That you hear him. 1 Samuel 3 19 says, The Lord was with Samuel, and as he grew up, and he let none. Uh, listen to this. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. Why? Because it wasn't Samuel's words anymore. It wasn't in, he wasn't engaging in idle gossip, in idle speech. No, 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 no. He wasn't surrounding himself with fools. He was hearing from God. And when he speaks, it made the ears tingle because it's the word of God. And you know what God did? He said, none of your words that you speak will fall on the ground. You know why? Because it's not out of you. It's out of the throne room of God. If you want to make an impact, start hearing from God. Hebrews 1, 1, 2 says, In the past God spoke to his ancestors through the prophets and many times and in various ways. But in these last days, are we in the last days? He has spoken to us through his son. He speaks to us. We need to start detecting his voice. Now, when I, when I, now I preach to, to Jax when I do and Normally it's so good she comes out to the end and gives her life to God. <laughs> the dog does. Um, but we, we, so when I preach to the audience of two, three, she says to me, that's nice, Harvey. But how do we hear the voice of God? How, how do we hear the voice of God? It's good to say you hear the voice of God, but how do we hear the voice of God? So 
Will that help anyone here today? Can I quickly go into that? Okay, I'm going to run through this. Okay, Habakkuk 2, 1, 2, 3 says, I will stand at my guard post and station myself on the tower, and I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what answer I will give. When I, um, then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it plainly on tablets so that the one who reads it will run to it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time and it hurries towards the goal to its fulfillment. It will not fail. Even though it delays, wait patiently for it because it will certainly come. So, don't get confused. Four Ds, what I spoke about, and I'll recap it just now. How to hear the voice of God is five W's. Okay. How many? Okay. The first one, withdraw. This is so important. Yanni, Hirian, withdraw. It says in verse 2, I will stand at my guard post and station myself on the towers. So those of you that's been to Israel or maybe to a a city in the Scandinavian countries or in Europe, you'll know that there's an old city Rudolf in the in the in the middle, and then there is a perimeter wall, and then the soldiers will. I don't know why they walk like that, but the soldiers will walk to to the tower, and then and it's far away because they need to see if the enemy comes. Okay, and in this passage, he says, "No, no, no! I'm going to go out, and I'm going to stand there, and I'm taking myself away. I'm withdrawing." away from the people. In Matthew 6, Jesus, and we all know, we can listen to him. Matthew 6, Jesus says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to the Father. Go into your room. Close the door. Withdraw. Luke 5, 16, it says, but Jesus, who's our example, often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. I have to ask you, do you make it priority to withdraw out of your social busy life, your TV schedule, your family life, your job, your workout regime, or do you genuinely take out time to withdraw to go hear God's voice? I need to ask you if that's that important to you. So the first thing is withdraw. The second thing is wait, and I will keep watch to see what he will say. Psalm 5.3 says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. We have to wait. But how do we wait on the Lord? Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 62.1 says, My soul waits in silence for God only. Sometimes we need to just become silent. We have to just keep quiet and wait. Speak. Withdraw. Make sense? Third one is watch. Let God give you a vision of what he wants. You see, God speaks to us through various ways. His word, audible voice, through people. Be very careful. Through dreams and through visions. That's ways how God speaks to us. So you have to watch how he speaks to you. Four, write. Write down the revelation and make it plain. Why? So that those who read it, even you, after he's given it to you, can run towards it. 
We need to write down the dreams, the visions. When he gives you a word, write it down. When you sit there and he speaks to you, write it down. And then five, worship. I stand in awe of your deeds, he says in Habakkuk. Listen to this in 2 Kings 3.15. Johan, jy gaan hierdie like. Luister goeie so. 2 Kings 3.15. It says, Elijah asked for soft music to be played while he tuned into God to find the answer to a question he had. Listen to this, listen to this. But now, bring me a harpist, he said. While the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. Boom. You want to hear his voice? Start worshiping. He's too immense of an excited us. While the harpist was playing, while he was listening to worship, maybe it was, oh, okay. While the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. Jesus, teach us to go into a quiet place and pray, meditate, and concentrate on his word and his presence. Okay. Do you have that? Withdraw, wait, watch, write down and worship then you'll start hearing his voice the second thing to grow in intimacy so the first is detect his voice listen to his voice the the second thing is being devoted to him let me ask do you think that christians must be devoted to him okay so what does devoted mean want to take a crack at it what's devoted who wants to take a crack at it what is, Raj, what's devoted? You see, we read the word and we go, yeah, 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 devoted, sounds good. I'm going to devoted. <laughs> and we start speaking Christianese. I was yesterday by a show, and I said, I say it's what you said, what dumb is. I almost want to go like that. Oh, devoted, I'm devoted. What does devoted mean? Listen to what the Oxford Dictionary says. This is what the world says. It says, very loving or loyal, given over to the display, study, and discussion of what you're devoted to. Display, my actions, study, reading the word, and discussions of what you are devoted to. That's devotion. Cambridge says, being devoted to something means being focused on that particular thing almost exclusively. Guys, Cambridge Dictionary says, being devoted to something means being focused on that particular thing almost exclusively. When you are devoted to a cause, you work to achieve its goals. This is still the dictionary. When you are devoted to a person, you place their needs above your own. That's devoted. So if you read the word devoted in your Bible, then that's what it means. Listen to this. In Matthew it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. Now didn't we say earlier, hey, um, I, I was quite worried about this, and a bit stressed about this, and I'm thinking about this, and, and, and this whole passage, and I'm going to skip through 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, then 32 it says, for the pagans run after all these things. All these things. Verse 33. 
But seek first. But seek first. Devote your life first. His kingdom and his righteousness and then all these things. What things? Everything that he mentioned, obviously he's not speaking to you. And he's saying, hey, moet nie worry oor lewe, wat jy gaan eet, jy gaan drink, jy kleere. Moet nie worry oor die kost nie. Don't worry about your body. If he looks at the birds. And he's giving all these things. So he's given a fair whack of things. And he says, no, 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 no. Don't worry about these things. But there's a but. However, devote yourself to him. Seek him with everything in you. Make him the focus, almost, all, no, make him the focus exclusively. Do you think that the church in Acts was devoted to him? Acts 2.41 says, Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to the number. Uh, verse 42, they devoted, go check in your Bible, they devoted, they focused exclusively on him and to the apostles' teaching, which we are doing now, and to the fellowship and to the breaking of the bread and to prayer. And then what happened? Verse 43, everyone who does that just include the church? Everyone who was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. When? When they devoted themselves to him. When they seek him first. Is you not with me? Okay, fantastic. The Greek word is translated, the Greek word here is translated that devoted. It's actually a really cool word. The word devoted in Hebrew is mukdash. Mukdash comes from the word kadosh. Now that's not a word out of Kung Fu Panda. Kadosh. No. In Hebrew, it means holy to set apart. It is a sister word of mukdash, the Hebrew word of the sanctuary. But listen to this. Mukdash means devoted, dedicated, consecrated. But this word is actually written in the imperfect tense. Now my very intelligent wife explained this to me. Imperfect tense means ongoing. They didn't devote themselves to him and go, okay, again the walk. They, didn't. they devoted on a continual basis devoted themselves, making sure in the morning, am I devoted to this cause? Am I still exclusively on you? You see, the world today, if we had to write um, um, Acts chapter 2 verse 42 in the CCV version, you know what the CCV version is? The cultural Christian version. It will sound like this. They devoted themselves to themselves. They continually and passionately pursued a self-centered life of comfort Ease and happiness. Because that's what I see when I look at certain people in the church. 
We are not seeking and devoting ourselves to Him, making Him the priority, saying that everything I do, and let's not sit here and say, oh, I want you to look at your life and say, am I genuinely devoting my life to Him? Genuinely. Between you and God. Or will you do what suits your narrative, your schedule, your parameters? That is not true devotion. Guys, I want you to, re- to listen to this. I tested it on, on Roger, and he says it's good, so it must be good. Listen to this. When you do things that suit your narrative, it will lead to spiritual starvation of your spiritual man. And this anorexia will lead to spiritually being bankrupt, ending up in total depletion. If you said, even when I got things that I wanted, but I still feel empty, it's because our focus is not totally on Him. That's where we need to be. The third way is to defend your peace. And I can hear you what I today. And you sang that song about the peace, defending your peace. I said to Jax, yeah, I wanted to actually scream, wake up, Samuel, so that you guys are awake, but I'm not going to do that. Isaiah 26, 2-4 says, open the gate so a righteous nation may enter, one that remains faithful. How do they remain faithful? You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast, devoted, because I trust in you. So what is perfect peace? The word peace in the Old Testament comes from a really rich word, which is shalom. Like, they don't say it like that. Shalom. You will be kept in shalom, shalom, it says. Perfect peace. In the, in the, in the, in the um, Hebrew translation, it says, in shalom, shalom. Why twice? Because when you go read that, it actually says a double portion of his peace. So why is a double portion of his peace important? Philippians 4, 6 says, and the peace that surpasses all understanding, finish it, it says, will guard your heart. Let me read that again. And the peace, now we use this when we want to say, will you track? No, the peace of the surpasses all understanding is not in my heart. Do you want to, will you aquafresh, tanapaste? No, the peace that surpasses all, and we try to, listen to what it says. It says, and the Peace that surpasses all understanding, I can't work it out, it will guard my heart. Why? Have you asked yourself, Harvey, why is it important that it guards your heart? Have you thought about that? The peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart. Why? Why your heart? Why guard your heart? Is me a good question, no? Okay, I can't hear your answer. Um, no, I'm joking. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because for everything you do, flows from it. Okay. You need to get this. My double portion of peace I give to you. And that peace that surpasses all understanding, Harvey, will guard your heart. And Aubrey, it's important that it guards your heart 
Because out of your heart flows all the issues of life. Okay, do you get that? It's important to have a double portion of peace. It's important to defend that peace because if we do not have that peace, it's not going to guard my heart. If it doesn't guard my heart, then the issues that flows from my heart, will it be peaceful? The battle for peace begins in our minds. I have to ask you, what is your mind fixed on? Is your mind fixed on the promises of God? What consumes your mind? Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen, put it into practice. Why? And the God of peace will be with you. Do you want to be intimate with him? Please defend your peace. The peace begins in your mind. What are you bombarding your mind with? Because whatever you put in here will go into here. And then from there it will flow into your life. If you are going to binge watch Netflix. are you? If you are going to sit and just put all this... TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, news, the neighbor's negativity. If you're going to just listen to this, that is what you're going to put into your mind. It's going to flow to your heart and then that's becoming the issue of your life. Does that make sense? To make sure that I have perfect peace, shalom, shalom, I have to make sure I put the right things in my mind. You see, peace isn't found in the absence of problems. True peace, shalom peace, is found in the presence of God. When the disciples was on the little boat, the storms of life came. Can you remember the story? And then they went to Jesus and they go, hey, wake up. Don't you care? We're going to die. And he came and he said, peace. And then he said to them, may the peace be with you. And I go, the storms came, but the storms subsided when Jesus woke up and came. Peace is not found in the absence of the storm, but in the presence of of Jesus. We have to make sure that we follow him. We must make sure that we hear him. We must be sure that we devote our lives to him. We must be sure that we defend. Guys, I'm not saying make sure. Defend what we put in here so that it can have peace in my heart. So that whatever flows from my heart is peace. And then I will hear his voice. Problems will come. Jesus said, hey, tribulation will come. But hey, I leave my peace with you. Why? So that it can guard your heart. Johan Moxen? Yeah. Do not be anxious about anything. Instead, in every situation, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, tell your requests to God, and the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind.
And then, so detect his voice, defend your peace, devote yourself to him, and then dedicate your time. And I'm ending off with this. There's 168 hours in a week, right? Right? Okay. My wife is working it out on the calculator. It is. A third of that, you sleep. A third of that, you work. The other third is broken up. And guys, you can go read this up. This is scientifically proven. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people. You can actually go onto Craig Rochelle's website. He's got a whole thing on 168 hours. And there's books written 160 hours and how you use that. And the rest is on fitness, eating, making food, hobbies, children, driving to school, relationship with my wife, husband, family, friends, braai, if you're South African. And then they say, when you've accounted for everything, there's an hour left in a week. And I looked at it and I go, if I want to make sure that I dedicate my life to him, that I hear his voice because it's really important to me, that I defend the peace, is an hour a week enough for me to put aside and say, that's how I am going to seek him. Is that dedication? Heinz did an amazing service on John 15, so I'm not going to go into it, but it says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me. There's one word in that whole John 15, in the whole John 15, that is mentioned 11 times. One word, 11 times. Do you know what that is? Remain. Remain is the word, Greek meaning is meno, M-E-N-O. And it means to abide. It means to dwell. It means to live in continually. Is one hour continuous? Do you think that anything that I spend one hour on shows my dedication to that? Does anything that I spend one hour on show that this is important in my life? Hey, Harvey, I don't want to feel this way. Hey, Harvey, I don't want to feel depleted. Hey, Harvey, I don't want to do, I don't want to feel that this is too much. I don't want to feel, I need breakthrough here. How many hours are you spending in the week searching for him, detecting his voice, making sure that what you put in your mind in Philippians 4 8 is of good power? How, how much time do you spend there? And that you need to go answer. So the first thing, detect his voice. Second, defend your peace. Devote yourself to him and dedicate your time. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 7, 5 to 6. It says, For when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn. Conflicts on the outside. Fears on the inside. Have you ever read that? Harassed at every turn. Conflicts on the outside. Fears. Do we feel like that sometimes? Verse 6 says, but God, but God showed up, but God. I want to tell you that if any, what I say today feels like, hey, Harvey, that's me. I want to tell you that the problem with intimacy doesn't lie with the father saying, hey, 
I am here. It lays with us not making enough time to get to him, to hear his voice, to implement the things, to do that, to search for his peace. I'm going to ask you to stand. I met a guy called, and I want your eyes to, to close your eyes right now. I met a guy this week. His name is Tinas. And Tinas was an atheist for his whole life. And I'm sure he doesn't mind me telling you the story. And he wasn't an atheist because something went wrong. He was an atheist because of just never getting to know God. And Tina says one night, his wife said, if you want to drink, you must build a nice boy in the size. And he was sitting there and um, he had a lot of friends. I want to say 50, but I can't remember. Friends that was there. And his brother was sitting next to him and he's drinking his ninth and he says, Chavi, I've always, now Jackie and I said to him, oh, we've never, I've never drank, so I've never been drunk. He says, Chavi, I had a bubble ass every day of my life. I don't know how it feels not to be. And he said he was sitting there and was drinking and he was looking at his brother and his brother said, what are you doing with your life? Remember, he's an atheist. What are you doing with your life? And he says, and he looked at his brother. And his brother said, no. He says, no, finish your sentence. No, I don't speak to you. And he heard the voice and the voice said, what are you doing with your life? And he phoned his wife because the, he's on a plot and it's, it's a, uh, he's at the bar and it's far from the house. And he phones, he said, you have to come now. You have to come now. And she says, hey, uh, I can't come now. He says, no, you have to come now. He says, no, but your friends are there. I can't. He says, you have to come now. And she gets there and she says, for the first time in his life, she saw him cry. And he says, my, my heart, my heart, my heart. And she goes, what are you having a heart attack? He says, no, something changed in my heart. I could feel something change in my heart. And he took, he took that banana and coke and he poured it out. And he says, this is the last time I've ever touched it. Guys, this is 2020. This is the other day. And then he said, I went to church and I think he got baptized. And then he went to his wife and he said, and now what do I do? I need to read something. I haven't ever read a book in my whole life. He says he was a guy at school that they, they prayed for him to leave. Okay, we're just going to ask you in a And he says, never read a book in his life. And then he said to his wife, must I read? She said, no, you must read the Bible. She says, well, what must I read? She says, well, start with the Gospels. And he said, okay, what did you read? She said, John. So okay. That night at three, Holy Spirit wakes him up. I want you to read Revelation. Okay. Remember, he's got no reference. He's an atheist. He's never seen the Bible. Never read the Bible. Next day, he says to his wife, oh, I'm going to read Revelation. She says, oh, <laughs> maybe start with something easier. <laughs> Just saying. You know how a woman is. And three o'clock in the morning, God answered, um, um, woke him up and he said, hey, I want you to read Revelation. Go now. And he took his Bible and he went and he started reading. And he says, for 12 hours straight, every day, for three weeks, he just read Revelation. And as he was reading Revelation, God was speaking to him. And as God was speaking to him, he, sh he showed him like in a video in his head what's happening in Revelation. And this guy wrote a book that thick, that big, like that. Never read in his life. Never. Heard. Why? Because he opened his ears to God. And then God 
touched his heart. And something happened where now when God speaks to you, living water starts flowing from your mouth. And if you are here today and you say, Harvey, I don't know what you're speaking about. I have not heard this voice that you are speaking of. I want to ask you to come to the front. I want to say, hey, let's pray for that. And if you have come here today and you say, Harvey, I don't even know this Jesus, this God you are speaking of. I don't know what you are saying. I want you to also come to the front. We're going to pray for you. Is there anyone that wants prayer for that? Everyone's hearing the voice of God. This church is going places. If that is the case. If by any chance you feel a bit embarrassed to come to the front right now, I'm going to stay here right in front. Even when we finish praying for the people, I'm going to stay here because I don't want you to go home and not be able to hear the voice of God. You will not experience intimacy with the Father if you do not hear His voice. just pray together Father thank you for your word thank you Father that we know that you are seeking intimacy with us Father I want to pray that this week that we really have some alone time with you that you will show us in which areas we can improve Father I want to ask that you will help us to detect your voice and hear it like with Samuel that we will devote ourselves completely to you that we will defend our peace defend what we put into our bodies in our minds that we will look after the shalom peace that guards our heart and Father that we will make sure that we dedicate our time to you so that we can say we surely have an intimate relationship with you. So that we don't feel like the church that you speak of in Titus. Father, where you say they claim to know you, but their actions deny you. Father, we pray this and I pray your blessing over this church and everyone that's here as we go out now Father. Thank you that I know that you will be with every family. Please bring us together next Sunday so that we can worship you Father together as a church. You are a good Father and we love you with everything that's in us. In Jesus name Amen. Alright, jylle, ek hoop om jylle allemaal weer volgende keer te sien. Karel is te lei om te kom praat, so ek sê maar vir jylle baie. Anyway, geniet jylle dag verder. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church Podcast Message of the Week. 
I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.